0: Hello and welcome to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. You started it. Yeah. What? You're not ready?
1: I just took the last bite of my breakfast bar.
0: Why did you do that?
1: (laughs) Because I wanted it.
0: It's Rochelle and Carter. We do the uh, morning show at KSBJ 89.3 in Houston. And this is where we talk about what we're going through spiritually in the Bible, spiritual questions, and we eat snack bars. I'm so sorry. I think I'm...
1: Let me just little coffee. Huh? Okay.
0: Oh, great. Why don't I stall and I talk about the old man. Let's get spiritual. <laughs> the old man, the frugal old man. Okay. That realized on his deathbed what was most important to him.
1: What, what was it?
0: Well, he's getting ready to take, I mean, he's saying his last words.
1: Wait, can I guess? If he's frugal and he's finding out what's important. Yeah. It's not, it's not money. It's not being petty with that kind of stuff. It's 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 family. Family. Oh.
0: And he says as he's, you know. Going, he says, is,
1: is my wife here?
0: Yes, honey, I'm right here. And mm. she holds his hand.
1: There you go. Are my
0: are my children here? He's a proud dad, too. Oh wow. Yes, yes, dad. Yes, we're we're all here. And the and the grandkids.
1: Oh my word. Everyone.
0: Yes, grandpapa.
1: So great. We
0: are here as well. So everybody is here by my side. It's nice. Yes, we're all here. Mm. Mm. then why is the light on in the kitchen how many times do I say you leave a room you turn the light off
1: and then he walked toward the light
0: and then he walked <laughs> He
1: walked toward he the He was light. almost there. <laughs> he almost knew what was most important. <laughs> ah, Grandpa. We loved him. He was a cheapskate till the end. That's loved right.
0: Him. That's right. He and was true to terrible himself. Terrible joke. Um, so what do, you, what do you have to? I know your your kids have been busy. School's been going. School has been in session. Yeah. You know,
1: it was uh, their first year at a Christian school. Uh, that was not where we started uh-huh. with the kids, uh, but felt like my, my eldest son, uh, you may remember from an earlier podcast, I shared that he has... Uh, special needs, he's Asperger's syndrome, and we felt like a smaller school setting would probably be best. Yeah, uh, in keeping tabs with his work and stuff. So anyway, that's why we transitioned. It was it's beautiful, you know. They pray in class. That's amazing. As a follower of Jesus, it's something that you're you're excited to hear that your kids are doing and memorizing scripture. One of the first assignments though uh, for Caleb, my youngest, was to be able to tell who the minor prophets are. Wait. How and what grade? I think it was. Yeah, it was the first year. So it was third grade.
0: I don't think I could tell you many of the major prophets. <laughs> that's I, that's Isaiah, Isaiah is a prophet, right? Jeremiah. All of those are prophets. Okay,
1: yes. but the the distinguishing factor, and I had to go look this up because I was pretty sure I was right, but I wasn't one hundred percent. The difference between what would make a major prophet a major and a minor prophet a minor has nothing to do with you know how they advance the kingdom. One was more important than the other. No, it was the fact that the books were longer. Oh, okay. In the Old Testament, or short.
0: Hey, so it's not based on their height,
1: right? Or which key
0: they sing in. Sorry. Ma-
1: you know what? I stand corrected. Yes. <laughs> Is that what it was? I'm more of a minor guy. Haggy Eye <laughs> was more of a minor guy. <laughs> I'm a Haggy guy. <laughs> My goodness. But you know, it's fascinating. Many of the prophets lived around the same time frame that. You know, you're, you always look at them as separate books right? in the Old Testament. But I've been reading chronologically. So in this particular Bible, they're, they're sharing in the stages of life. So you could bounce back between Isaiah and Jeremiah for a while, or Ezekiel and Daniel, even Ezra is in there. And, you know, you're like, oh, my goodness, a lot of them lived around the same time frame. And it fascinated me because I thought, well, it shows us that every single voice was needed. Mm. You know, well, this guy hit this territory and that guy over there hit that territory. Maybe a couple of them hit the same one. Well, why would God need two guys in the same area? Maybe it's because you know he recognizes his kids are all different. The way they said things. Exactly. And they need to hear it from a different person. I might receive in my own life. I might receive correction from this guy over here, but... I wouldn't necessarily understand it from, a you know, a college professor level. Right. You know, if he's super duper smart, I need you to put it in layman's terms, you know. Well,
0: if you have a problem, there are certain people you would go to for one kind of problem in yes. your life and certain others that you would go to for another kind of problem because you know how they're going to react yeah. or how they're going to say it.
1: Yeah, It was amazing. And plus also reading uh, just a quick note, even th- I'm going to pull out Jeremiah as an example. Okay. And all of them are great examples. By the way, in terms of unusual ways of, of speaking, you know, like Ezekiel was very much um what do, what do you call it? object lesson? He okay. was kind of an object lesson guy. He would mime a lot of the things like if he had something to share, people would even pull Ezekiel aside. Like they wouldn't necessarily believe anything that he would say. And even God later tells Ezekiel, people are literally asking for you to hear. Do you have a word for us Ezekiel? It wasn't because they were interested in hearing from God, because they, they didn't necessarily um, repent,
0: mm, mm-hmm. but they
1: just wanted to hear Ezekiel talk. There was a manner about him. He was entertaining, I guess. I don't know. but they So there was a certain set of people that really heard from Ezekiel uh, that they wouldn't have heard from Jeremiah. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. The poor guy just had bad news bears all the time. That's all he got to share. There was nothing... <laughs> Except for smack dab in the middle of chapter 29, you might remember a very famous verse. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And there are all those kinds of moments with the prophets. Usually a redeeming, God will tell people, listen, yeah, you have been following down the wrong path. You are not headed towards a good place unless you change your ways. It got to finally the place of being exiled out of their kingdom. The kingdom of Judah and Israel would be no more. It would be captured by the Babylonians. It would not be a good situation unless you turn back. They didn't turn back. So, of course, the exile happened. But Jeremiah, some of these prophets, these are the guys who have to share this news. Nobody wants that job. Mm. I have to tell the people that I, the only people I've ever known that they are going to be murdered. At one point, this is gross. Just if if you have a weak stomach. Yeah. Unless you've read it before if, you If you know. just ate
0: a snack bar.
1: If you just had a breakfast bar. Right. Washed it down with some coffee. Yeah. Uh, they prophesied, you will get to a place where you as a people will be so hungry, you will be eating each other. Hmm. It was not a good time for the Jewish people. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't their favorite to be able to share all of these things. <laughs> and I, I can only imagine those moments where God says, OK, but I have a plan in action and it's coming and you start reading the prophetic words that Jesus is going to be coming uh in fact i just i just read a sample of that the other day it was so beautiful to see and you here is your king riding on a donkey and i'm like there he is
0: yeah cuz you you knew
1: yeah i knew they
0: and they they, they just i mean obviously they believed believed it. but they so there's so many questions in the midst of that and and first of all i hate being the middleman the middleman. In anything. <laughs> you know, and I have God to, has
1: called you to be the middleman. Oh, my
0: goodness. Because they're not
1: listening to me directly. So, hey, Prophet Carteriah.
0: I look at Carteraya. I need you I'm to go do this. I, I, the job in any administration mm-hmm. with the White House as the press secretary yeah. and having to explain to the media, here's why. But I didn't make the decision. I'm just right. explaining the decision. Right. Well, why this? Well, why this? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm just, really, I hate being in that position. Even in just, yeah. hey, honey, here, we have to, we have to do this. Well, why? Oh, just because we have to. And so, you know, what a call on somebody's life of God tells you, you got to tell the people they're going to die.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, man. Back in that day, if you were a prophet, I mean, I, I can imagine everybody, oh, it must be wonderful being married to Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah always hears from God. His,
0: his, his, uh, people were from Texas, apparently the, his
1: wife, y'all have no idea. Y'all have no idea. I have been hearing about our destruction for ages now, (laughs) but the the sad part about it was, is I, I'm sitting here reading chapter after chapter after chapter, God, I am getting annoyed. Mm -hmm. The fact that you had to repeat yourself so many times and God's like, well, I'm glad you're annoyed. (laughs) Can you imagine? He's
0: had to repeat himself a few times now.
1: God is so faithfully patient. Yeah, with his people, and he gave him ample opportunity, and he—that still resounds today. His patience is incredible. He's a patient God.
0: Um, There's one question I had. Uh, just it just piqued my uh, curiosity. Uh-huh. Daniel. Yeah. Considered a prophet, yes. Because uh, to me, it, obviously, I, I mean, there's dreams, and yes. you know, I get it. But uh, he is. There's so much more of a story there. I feel like than with Jeremiah and Isaiah. Obviously, it's yeah. history. There's a story in everything. Sure, but they were constantly telling the people things, right? And Daniel was, you know, doing things in the lion's den, and there's just so many it's it's such a maybe because we went over the story of Daniel in Sunday school and we didn't go over the story of Jeremiah and Isaiah in Sunday
1: school. I would imagine that, you know, that just brings up an interesting thought about looking at your peers and why is it that they get to do this? Yeah. Why is it that their story is so much more fantastic than mine or whatever it is that you may think? Right. What's really amazing is that uh, each of them were given such a significant role in sharing what God had to say. Uh, And whether or not they had the glamour, if you can call it that, of a lion's den story, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, it it really wasn't important. You know, we did hear about how Jeremiah was thrown into a cistern and he waited there for so long. And one of his buddies finally helped get him out against everybody else's mind. This guy helps him and God actually helps this friend that helps Jeremiah out of the cistern later. And that's fascinating to see history. But it's, it's nothing like you said. That gets taught in Sunday schools necessarily, because it's not the it's not the Steven Spielberg headliner
0: yeah movie. That's the best way to say it. Yeah, you know
1: it's like oh you can make a movie about that.
0: Daniel has an awesome story for a movie.
1: Exactly, but you know Jeremiah the weeping prophet. It's what you're gonna make a the the whole movie's crying, <laughs> right? It's like is, the Notebook. <laughs> but I, and that's not a fair shake for Jeremiah to say that. But because I, I I try to picture myself in that role. I cannot fathom year after year after year going to the king, going to these people. Can you imagine if God told you today, I want you to travel to the mayor's office, go to Mayor Turner, wh- wherever you live, go to his office and tell him this is what I'm saying. Mm. That would be a daunting task. Yeah. However, you you think about the uh, the opposite side of that. The God who created this universe is asking you to do that. But God, they're going to think I'm crazy. I absolutely want to obey you. They're going to think I'm nuts. They followed that out day after day after day. So no wonder the guy was cry- crying. Yes. I would need a healthy dose of Zoloft back in that day. <laughs> and I can make that joke because I take it. It's okay.
0: okay. Okay. You can make the jokes. You can make If you experience it, you can make the jokes. Um, it's it's funny how, you know, there's his story. There's Daniel's story. And I'm going through the book of Corinthians right now. And mm-hmm. there's there's that part in Corinthians 12 and it just relates so much to today because we compare ourselves to others' stories, yeah. Yeah. even when we don't know all the details. Yeah. Uh, but it talks about the spiritual gifts of, you know, in verse 8, this, the Spirit gives, uh, one, the gift of the word of wisdom— Mm-hmm. To another, the same spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation, uh, word of revelation knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to another, the spirit gives the gift of faith. And then it goes on with healing and miracles and prophecy and to discern when the, what the spirit is, is speaking mm-hmm. and tongues and everything else. And uh, it's we I think when we hear somebody's story, a lot of the time we think, well, I, I got to do that when that may not be what God has for you at all I think there's certainly times where you're inspired by somebody's story and it gets your story going but there's I know a lot of the times I'm like, well that, that means I, I guess I got to do this but clearly mm-hmm. God made us d- differently and one thing that comes to mind is there's another part and this I don't think this is in Corinthians but where it talks about, uh, when the gospel is really getting shared in the new Testament mm-hmm. and Paul is saying it, you know, I am the, there's the, uh, planter, uh, oh, yeah. or maybe Barnabas is the planter. I can't remember exactly, but where you plant the seed and then somebody along comes and and waters it. And what I've been frustrated with when I hear people talk about, I led somebody to the Lord, I led somebody to the Lord, I led somebody to the Lord. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's awesome. Man, I don't really I get to talk about God a lot, mm. but I have it's I've not oftentimes or maybe ever talked about God, and then somebody goes, "I want to get saved right now." And I have to remember that we some of us are planters. Yeah. We are talking and living out our faith in front of people. And years might go by where a couple other people come along and water that seed, yeah, and then they eventually come to Christ. and you still had a hand in that story. You know, if faithfully living out your walk of Christ and talking about Him uh, with people that that need to hear it, and even if you don't get that instant reaction, that doesn't mean you didn't serve God in the way that He called you to serve Him.
1: Have you ever been watching a movie with a friend and you'll laugh at one part really loudly and they won't? Uh huh. And then there comes a scene where they start laughing and you're like, "Why are you, what That's, that wasn't uh-huh. funny? That wasn't that funny?" Because we're two different people. Right. And so it's the same Jesus, the same power that is, was in Jesus and is in Jesus is in us through his Holy Spirit. Right. But it is our personality, our unique individuality that God wants to completely celebrate because he created it. Yeah. I'm not talking about your right to your right to your right. No, no, no. Because we laid that down. It says in Scripture we are to die to ourself and pick up our cross and follow after Christ. But, but there are parts of you that will always remain with your personality and the fun things that make you you. Right. That Jesus celebrates because he weaved your DNA to make you you. So we have to kind of embrace that alongside with him and go, oh, you didn't make me to act like Carter and be the same as Carter? So I can maybe be a little bit different and receive it differently and do differently? Yeah. Because, I mean— And we know that when we teach to our children that we're going to have two different kids in front of us there, we know that with other people, but we fail to kind of observe that in ourselves. And it's not fair to ourselves. Yeah. And I think the one thing, oh, by the way, I did look that up when you said I wasn't sure it was Apollos and you were right. It's from first Corinthians, that whole section of Paul, I planted the seed, maybe Apollos watered it so that we all have our part. I think there is one when you were sharing that passage though, that we all have access to in terms of gifts. Mm-hmm. And the one is, I and tell me if you think I'm wrong. Is You're
0: the, wrong. I'm no! <laughs>
1: if! The discernment of the Holy Spirit. Okay. I think we have access that along with what it tells us in Galatians chapter 5. It tells us that we have access to the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that list. Um, those are all things we have access to. But discernment of the Holy Spirit, uh, I have to be still. And I have to get into that place sometimes so that I can discern. But I think we have access to that. Why? Because um, that's one of those. It kind of goes alongside the the whole Jiminy Cricket thing. Let your conscience be your guide. The Holy Spirit is our guide um, and not a bug. Maybe that was a poor reference. But I was trying to get to that place, you know, where you're, well, how do you know it's a still small voice? I feel a peace? Those kinds of statements that sometimes you hear in the church uh, that that's what that is. you would you agree with that?
0: well i I would I'd be inclined to agree with you, but let me just read this again. and okay. I switched to the ESV version. Um, oh no. I know well, this is the this I feel like most people will get behind the ESV. Okay. I was in another translation, and you might judge me for it. <laughs> It was the message. No, it wasn't. It was actually something similar to the message, though. Okay. Uh, all right. So this is the ESV, mm-hmm. and let's just see what it says about discerning the Holy Spirit. Uh, from verse 8. For one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, mm-hmm. to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, okay. to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues and another interpretation of tongues. So I guess that's my question. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits.
1: Maybe Maybe that's what I was... So isn't that interesting? It goes back to translation, too. And you have to kind of, in those instances where you get caught up in translation... And things get lost, Mm -hmm. you have to go back to the context of the uh, what, okay, what does it say in Hebrew? What does this, let's unpack what this really meant. But I mean, because I listened to all of those and I think, well, we have access to all of that. I may not be proficient in any one of those areas, I may be better at this area than another, Mm -hmm. but I think Mm -hmm. we all have access to the same keys to the kingdom through his spirit. It's just, uh, yeah, one of us may have a knack for one more so than another. Do you know what I mean? Tell your
0: story, though, where it uh, was—and I can't remember. It may have been your dad's story, where there's a difference in when people come up to you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and feel led. Like, they are talking about prophecy.
1: Okay. Where
0: people feel led to tell you something, and it is kind of a sweet, small voice compared to, God told me that you're going to do this. (laughs) And— you had I feel like you had a story about that. I did. okay.
1: so I, I did an event. And afterwards, someone who had listened to me on the radio uh-huh. in the past, they said, "I have to apologize to you, okay. I've never met this person before uh-huh. And i I said, well, well, what why? I don't know that she's offended me. And anyway, I'm not right. aware of this. So well, what do you what do you mean? And she said, "I couldn't stand listening to you on the radio. <laughs> But I have seen you tonight, and I very much appreciate your spirit, and I was wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. Well, at this point, I hugged her after she made me feel awful. <laughs> <laughs> your show is terrible. Your but, show is uh... <laughs> just terrible. But I I discovered tonight I was wrong because you seem to be my sister in Christ. Yeah. Go, That's yeah. right. Great. I'm great. And uh,
0: that realization was good. Sure. But probably not necessarily allowed.
1: When you— bring to someone an offense that they have zero awareness of. And you say, hey, listen, I just want you to know I've forgiven you. Or, hey, I just need to apologize to you for this. And then you go on to reveal to that person some atrocity they weren't even minutely aware of. Yeah, I think they believe it falls in line with the scripture that says, if you realize, and I believe this is in Matthew, if you realize there is something between you and your brother and you're there at the altar to talk to the Lord, you need to leave the altar in that moment, go get it right, and uh-huh, come back. Uh-huh, and that's uh-huh. something I've struggled with as a follower of Jesus because I want to get that right. I want to make sure that I am falling in line with the rules that God has laid out for me.
0: I looked this up recently, but go ahead. go ahead.
1: So what's how do I maneuver this kind of situation? And again, I'm going to fall back on what we were just talking about with the Holy Spirit. If you feel led to confront or talk with somebody, there is a way that I think he will help you lovingly share Mm. and and have a fellowship moment. I don't think it's spastic. I don't think it's going to be. I know it could be. I'm, I'm not God in all situations. And certainly I have read my share of what appears to be wow, that came out of nowhere from that prophet's mouth to those people, but God needed it shared. I get that. But at the same time, I think Jesus' manner was, he was so in tune with the Spirit of God that he knew when he could speak into a situation, and he never spoke when he shouldn't. And as a human being, that's always going to be our struggle. We are going to speak into things when we should be still, and we need to really, all right, I recognize that maybe, maybe, I have something against a brother in Christ. They really did hurt me. And I have to come to a place of forgiveness. Do I then need to go to them and say, hey, listen, I want you to know, I really did struggle for a while. There may be a situation where you're presented with that opportunity, where it will be received in a way that is healthy and it will grow your relationship. But I think a lot of the times we need to be a little bit, let, let me step back from the situation and let yeah. me assess, let me pray about this. Maybe even there's wisdom and counsel as well as scripture tells us.
0: Uh, Big Daddy Weave, the band, uh, Mike Weaver was here just recently. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, uh, I think a lot of times when we feel like saying something, what what I've found multiple times in my life, he wasn't urging me to say something. He was urging me to pray about
1: it. Mm. And so
0: I was like, no, that's really good. Um, good. I looked that up recently about should we go to people and ask for forgiveness when when they're not aware. Yes. And I, at least the tool that I found, I have plugged this before, gotquestions.org, you can type in biblical questions and it's just kind of fascinating. And I've not agreed 100% with them, by the way. Um, But it said, there's nothing in scripture where it says to, every time it talks about forgiveness, it's talking about you doing the forgiving. You know, when Mm -hmm. you know that somebody has offended you, that's what has gone, you know, and then there's asking forgiveness from God. But there's not really a reference in terms of you going to somebody else and seeking their forgiveness. And I thought that was kind of fascinating because you would think it would kind of be all three, Mm -hmm. asking forgiveness from God, asking forgiveness from people and forgiving others. But it mainly concentrates on uh, focusing on um, uh, asking forgiveness from God and then forgiving others and letting offenses go. Mm. And I've told myself, I told my students, I've helped with student ministry and now they've graduated high school, but I, I meet up with them occasionally. And I've told them, I said, you know, there are definitely times, let's say at that age, you're senior in high school and you look at a girl the way that you shouldn't, but she has no idea. It's going to be real uncomfortable if you go up to her and go, I have to apologize, I was lusting after you. Nope, yeah. nope. No, don't don't do that. that. That would be super weird. And you should not. You you should ask forgiveness from God, and then you should, when repent means change your way of thinking. Don't do that again.
1: Yeah.
0: Move on and let that go, and and move forward.
1: We can get caught up on rule keeping mm. instead of hung up on the rule maker. Does that make sense? Yes. So we're so making sure that we have dotted all the I's and crossed all the Ts of the rule book. That we're not necessarily, I got the rule keeper right here in my heart. Mm-hmm. Jesus, what do you say? Holy Spirit, please make it. Now, that doesn't mean that reading the rule book isn't hugely important. Right. It right. is. But, um, you know, Danny Gokey was here not too long ago, and we were talking about keeping rules. And he and I both struggle with uh, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. And it's something interesting that um, we can get so hung up on that, that we, we stop living life. You know, I want to make sure that I've got the rules to life all lived out and right, but we're not living, right? So I think about the story of David and how he went and ate forbidden bread was given to him. He was hungry. He goes in, he eats this bread that's in the temple. He's not supposed to be eating it, but he eats it. How is it that he's forgiven in this moment? How is it that God kind of overlooked it or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. Whereas some other people, you read a story about this guy who steadied the cart with the Ark of the Covenant on it with his hand, he reached out and touched it. Struck dead. Struck dead. Well, how did he get off? And David was even shook up by that story. Yeah. For a second, he's like, don't even bring the Ark near where I live because I don't know if that guy died. What could happen to me? God looks at the heart of the person. If he sees your sincerity, if he sees your heart, then I think that it, it overrides a lot of things because he knows I could follow the rules, but do it with an ugly
0: spirit. And to add on to that, that I find when I'm trying to follow the rules, it's because I'm trying to make myself feel good. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. that sigh of relief of like, okay, I did everything. Okay, I'm all caught up. Okay, good.
1: And and that's that's for your own selfish desire. It re- and it,
0: at the end of the day, it really is because instead of just yeah. screwed up, let's just move forward and know that Jesus has that one because Jesus died for all sins. Yes. And so I I don't need to—I'm just trying to—in fact, the, the New Testament talks about it, you know, if you have a weak conscience, you know, I mean, then do what you need to do, I guess. Sure. But uh, knowing that Jesus forgives you and yes. to continually move forward and, you, like you said, have a sincere heart yes. in moving forward and not get stuck in the same ways, um, I think is is the key.
1: And if, if you can even take a note from Scripture in that— um, you know you you read through the old testament you see the things that were written down in law mm-hmm. and when the new testament was written the people who wrote it through the inspiration of the holy spirit you know it was still man who wrote it but it was it was inspired by the holy spirit right um they don't necessarily negate the old testament at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but jesus said a new command i give you and so i think it's really important for us to kind of walk in line with all of those amazing disciples and apostles of the Lord that followed after Jesus Christ. They didn't get so hung up on the old law that they couldn't receive the new one. And that they, uh, I I love this scripture and the song, you may sing it in church, where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And when we get bound, God wants us to be bound to him. But interestingly enough, it's ironic. That means freedom. Yeah. And it doesn't feel weighted and burdensome he says take on my load because it is easy and light.
0: I love this. We've established that rules of any sort are not important.
1: That is not.
0: And that's why no, I'm I- going to eat and then jump straight in the pool and I'm not going to use my blinker anymore in traffic. Um
1: I think maybe we're going to ha- we're going to stop this now and Carter's going to go back and listen to it and I would like to see all of your research and notes afterwards. We'll have a test. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, I don't know if you got it. You didn't get any of it. the stuff yeah, that we're talking
0: It'll be all right. right. I'm at least brought it up. I'm at least going to run around the pool. That's what I'm going to do. Just keep running. <laughs> hey, by the way, you can listen to us, kspj.org. We do the morning show Monday through Friday, 530 to 10 at Central Time.
1: Just don't dive into the pool. Yeah.
0: <laughs>